Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Real Talk. It's Lucas here, and I hope that today's episode informs and inspires you to have your own real conversations. As always, today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Trivan, maker of trucks, trailers, and enclosure buildings tailored to your needs. Be sure to check them out at trivan.com. A huge thanks to them for sponsoring the show and making it possible. One other quick note before we get into today's episode is that if you are willing and able, if you could leave a review, preferably a five-star one, on any of the podcast networks or platforms that allow for it, such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that would be much appreciated as it helps get the word out there and lets people know what we're all about. So with that in mind, on to the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Real Talk Podcast. Uh, it's Lucas back here with another episode. I have a very special guest on today who has come a long, long way to be here. Not just for the podcast, of course, he had other reasons to come, I'm sure, but uh, we're very pleased to welcome Reverend Janssen Deethan to the podcast. Welcome, Reverend. Thank you, Luke. It's, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to see you. It's because I have heard about you and what you're doing this, and especially your parents okay i have known them for more than 25 years before you came into this earth <laughs> <laughs> right on okay. so that's amazing isn't it it is the lord is such amazing how could that possible knowing your parents and now i see you and i sit with you together yeah. and we talk now together yeah by the way i from indonesia Actually, I'm serving the Lord, and I can tell you about uh, my life, mm-hmm. if you like. Yes. Uh, whatever you like, Luke, tell me, ask me, I am free. I am here for you and for your audience, for everybody who ever like to listen our talking. And hopefully, by this conversation, the Lord may bless and use this for His kingdom, for His church. Good, so, good, good. go ahead, Luke. Okay, right on. Well, there's, yeah, like you said, many things we could talk about. I think you've yes. lived a very interesting life. Uh, and you have a very interesting story to tell about the work the Lord has done in your life and on the mission field in, in Indonesia and yeah. your work in the church, your work with education, uh, navigating, I'm sure, the interesting political situations in Indonesia and, yes. and getting to know different Muslims and, and how to play that game, so to speak, as well. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. So maybe just start from the beginning. Yeah, I, okay? I, I can start with myself first, and then yeah. we can talk about politics. Sure. We can talk about church, mission work. We can yeah. talk about education, mindset. Just okay. Where do, where do you come from? Where were you born? And how all that right. all start? Anyway, you mentioned my name already. Yeah. My name actually... Supposed to be Johnson, okay. Uh, but um, people call me Johnson. Okay. Why? Because of Dutch influence. We were colonized by the Dutch. Mm-hmm. So the Dutch usually they call Johnson or the Jong the Young. Jan they say from Jan it become Jan. Yep. So my name Johnson become Johnson. Okay. So you can call me Johnson. Or Johnson, but to be easy for you as Western people, just call me Johnson and Johnson. Specifically, the woman they might not know this because they have ordered Johnson and Johnson for the baby. Oh yes, I, I know you got married already. Then maybe someday if you have children. <laughs> Uh, you might use that powder, Johnson well, and Johnson. We have a little one, and we do uh, use that. Uh, yeah. Okay, then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now it's it's uh, to just remember my name, yeah, yeah, Johnson yeah. Gibeon Dayton. I actually was born in a little island called Timor. Yeah. 
Timor is actually close to Australia, north of Australia, Darwin. So from my island and from my city, you can fly from there to Darwin. It takes about one and a half hour. Okay. So we are very close to Darwin. Okay. And then I was born there. My father was a pastor and missionary. Okay, so and you're born into the faith then? Yes, okay. but he was the first generation came to faith. My opa and oma, or grandfathers and grandmother, were pagans. Mm. But they were a priest, like my opa and opa's uh, father were priests, pagan priests. What is that religion like? It's like a Hinduist, Hindu Hindus, you okay. know. Yeah. So they believe in uh, animal, mm -hmm. you know. They worship animals or big trees, things like that. Yeah. So um, our house was like a, a uh, what do you call a temple? Okay. So they came to worship at our house, and then they will kill cows, mm -hmm. and then they will bring that meat of the cows and give to a spring where they are, there were some crocodiles there. Okay, yes, crocs. and then they put the meat there and the crocodiles will come and eat the meat. Oh, wow. And for them, the gods answer the prayers. They ask for rains or things like that. Mm. So praise the Lord, my uh, my father came to faith and then we uh, yeah, we become believers. And then my father wants us to study the word of God and then here we go. Was it pretty remote? Like were you guys on your own? At that time, yeah. uh, pretty remote, yes. Yeah. My father came from the island called Roti Island. Okay. And that's also another remote island. Okay. Then they moved to Timor Island, like uh, become a city. Now it's kind of a developed city, okay. but it was uh, remote at that time. So would your grandparents have been like hunter-gatherer, like in the jungle? Or were they farming or how were they? Yes, yes. Farming? They were they were farming. Okay. Yeah. And um, well, but because my grandfathers are like, uh, what do you call that? Um, head of the trips. Yeah, and in in there we have little little kingdoms. Mm. So we you can you can say that we are a bit like having blue blood uh, in my my royalty. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. royalty in, in little little kingdoms. Indonesian royalty. Indonesian, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. 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 <laughs> so anyway, up until now, we still have some like politically speaking. If I uh, I'm not a pastor, I could become a member of parliament. I could become mayor, governor easily. Why? Mm. Because there are some models already through my fathers, through our uh, clans, and of course, the the gift that God gives, you can become like. If I stop as a pastor, I can easily become political leaders in my. And that is because clan. of your skill set or your bloodline or both. Both. Oh, okay. Yes. Up until now, still they still respect us as. Interesting. Even yeah. though you are a Christian, because that would work yes. against you. It's it's because of the tradition, you know, mm -hmm. thinking. That's how it works. Oh, fascinating. Yes. Well, aren't, isn't most of Indonesia uh, Muslim? So that's... Yes. Uh, we have about, let's say, 274 uh, people living in Indonesia. Million, okay. Million, yeah. yeah. 70, 274 million people. Yeah. We are the fourth largest country. Uh, population country in the world. So yeah. you got, uh, I think India now number one, and then China, mm -hmm. India already beat China. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, um, America, yep. and, and then United States, and then us. Wow. Yes. Okay. So from that, there are about 80% of that population okay. are Muslims. Okay. And the rest are, are uh, non-Muslim, which is Christians, uh, Hindus, uh, Buddhists, and then uh, Confucio. So we only, uh, and, and Roman Catholic Christian. So we only have six religions that are legal in my country. Oh, wow, well, yeah. Yeah, okay. and in, in that Muslim, you have uh, two kind of Muslims there. Um, they call Sia and Sunni. 
Yes. And we have nice. a lot of Sunnis okay. and not many Shias. But then you also have different kind of um, groups of uh, Muslim, so radical ones, uh, mid, like uh, moderate one, and then like liberal one. Okay. So, but you can tell from the the way they they dress up. Oh, okay. It's pretty obvious. Very obvious. So, and then sure. also if if you see, yeah, well, you you can see how they dress very very tight. The dress like uh, cover yeah. the, the, the conservative. Yeah, cons- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's how you. Which kind of is there a certain uh, sect of, of Muslims that typically rule Indonesia? Like more conservative ones, more liberal ones. For now, thank the Lord, we have moderate uh, Muslim that uh, run our country, like the presidents, etc. Yeah. But the radical ones also they like want to, to get in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They are coming up, and we have now three uh, candidates. So the first one is actually quite uh, radical. Okay. And with their groups. Yeah. And then you got a kind of moderate, but also have some connection with the first uh, group. And then the last one is kind of um, national, which mm-hmm. is moderate. So, yeah, we hope that uh, we still have that moderate because, you know, the, the president of the leader have a very big influence to the country. Yeah. So if you have the radical ones, then it will be probably hard for us mm-hmm. in the uh, church or whatever mission work you're doing. Yeah. But for now, we have a very good president. Okay. And uh, he, he, well, uh, I surprised because even though we have a lot of uh, Muslims leaders, but the head of the army is actually Christians. Oh, wow. And then the head of the policemen also the same. Uh-huh. <laughs> and okay. the right, or you, I can say the right man, which is this guy is quite powerful and influenced the president. Yeah. Also a Christian. <laughs> The president is a Christian as well. No, no, president is, is a Muslim. Okay. But the right man. The right hand man. The right hand man, yeah. yeah the yeah. one that have influence on him. It's it's kind of like the like vice president? No, we have five, five president, but this okay. guy has a lot of a lot of power. Power and influence. Behind the scenes. Yes. So okay. so we thank the Lord, even though we are minority. Yeah. But um we yeah you know we being protected here and there because they can they can destroy us easily if they want because yeah. you know everybody are Muslim right they the good positions are Muslim but we have good good position on the top there yeah. like the head of the policemen and army and yeah. and and like I said the right hand man of of the president. So what's the history of the development of religion in Indonesia? Because like like when was first contact kind of made and why is it 80% Muslim today if it was settled by the Dutch? What yeah, well, there? I'm glad you asked this because as a reformed person, yeah. I feel a bit sad sometimes. Yeah, we had an opportunity. And- oh, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry if some Dutch people get disappointed with my answer or my story, but I feel, I feel and feel bad sometimes when I think about it. Why? Because the Dutch were in Indonesia for a long time. Yeah. Some people say that 350 years, some say 300 years. That's a lot of years. The VOC, that's the Dutch company that um, worked in Indonesia at that time, it was started in 1602. That's how the Dutch came to my country. Okay. And they start with the business and rule over our country up to 1945. So it's more than 300 years. Yeah, wow. And then... It, well, at that time, the Dutch were quite a Christian country. Yep. And then if you study in the history, most of the Dutch at that time, in my understanding, are reformed. Yeah. And they have different kind of reform. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? But 
the thing that I, I still surprised, if you see that in the history, in 99 or like 1991 or nine, no, no, 1991. Well, how do you say that? 1991? No, 1901? no, no. 1901, sorry. 1901, 1902. Yeah. And Early around that time. 20th century. Okay. At that time, there was a very famous prime minister. Kuiper. Kuiper. Yeah. And that's a big question for me because Kuiper is a very influence in our churches and reformed churches, etc., etc. Yep. Et yep. My question is, how come? Why Indonesian still become Muslim country while <laughs> the Dutch people control everything, control mm-hmm. the money, control the politics, control everything? So it's still question that I haven't have the answer yet. And something, sometimes I feel bad because that's golden opportunity yeah. to win Indonesia. If, if, sorry to say, if at that time, our, let's say our ancestor at that time do that well during, let's say a couple of time, mm-hmm. maybe Indonesia become one of the, the largest, yeah. one of the largest reform country in the world. I don't say Christian, the largest Muslim uh, uh, reform country in the world. Yeah, that would have so, been cool. So where did the Muslim influence come from? Like, did they have their own set of missionaries? What countries well, were they coming from? The one that I studied, the Muslim uh, came to Indonesia by trading. That makes sense. So the, the Arab came to my country, the Indians came yep. to my country, and they came, amazingly, they also do trading like the Dutch, mm-hmm. but they came with their mission. So with, when you see the history of Muslim or uh, Islam's uh, religion in my country, these people, they make money, but also bring their own teaching. Right. And that's why the Muslim grow, grew there amazingly. Before the Muslim came, it was um, uh, led by the Buddhists and then Hindus. Mm. So we were, some of the Hindus uh, still in my country, like in Bali, a lot of Hindus there in Java and some Buddhists, but those are the all history. Mm-hmm. And amazingly, I say amazingly because it happened, the Muslim won the Indonesian to become Muslim. Yeah. And then now you are surprised. Yeah. Where were our leaders as reform leaders? Yeah. When when did exactly it happen? Like you say, so Dutch were there till nineteen forty five. Right? Yes. So when does Indonesia become pro, like let's say majority Muslim? Is this like in the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties? Like when does this happen? It it was happened after uh, during the Dutch time. It's already they already in came. the early yeah. part. Okay. So, yeah. So it started about seven the century. The the seven hundred yeah so seven hundred years. Uh, for after Jesus. Oh, 700s, okay. Yeah. That's a, okay. So that's starting people coming from like the the Chinese, the Indians right. and Islam, they, they came. Oh. And then after that, uh, the Islam still continued. The Dutch came in yeah. 16, yeah, yeah, actually 17th century because, yep. uh, yeah, 1602, right? Yeah. So that's how the, the Christians coming, the um, uh, Roman Catholic came. Mm. So the Roman Catholic came first, that they came 1511 into my country. Mm-hmm. And after that, the Dutch came and they brought uh, Christians, or we can say a reform teaching yeah, yeah. at that time. Yeah. So they, yeah, they, they do the work together. The Muslim doing it, the Islam doing it, the Hindus doing it, the Buddhists doing it. But 
there is sad uh, is that Muslims growing, but the, the church also are coming up because there are some Christian, there are some church. Yep. Uh, like, uh, people come to faith as well. But my uh, my, uh, my my thinking was, why why not many churches like compared to the Muslims? Yeah. Uh, so there, there is something that I think I just feel that there is no much um, time and attention for the mission work. Mm. And and some people when I interviewed some of the the Dutch people. They said that during that time, the Dutch attention and focus was money, mm-hmm. empire and, building. Yes. Yeah. And 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 the church seemed to be organized or look uh, running by the government as well. So maybe the missionary have hard time as well, and they have to give report to the government. Mm. And then you see the church suffer. Yep. So my point is going back to the government. Okay. What kind of reform government at that time? Then you can maybe conclude a bit. It maybe I'm wrong, but. They might be have a corrupt government. Yep. I think if yep. they are fearing God government at that time, the result work of mission work in my country yep. won't be like this. Yep. And now we are trying, we work, but you know, as a young generation, I feel kind of yeah, too bad. Yeah, interesting. That would be something to learn about more. Yeah, you, you should read about that. But yeah. that's what I I try to combine between my history studies yeah. and in my country, and then my interviewed with the many of the Dutch people that came that I met here and there, and I try to find the answer. Why, why, why? And then another thing that I could share with you about this sure. thing before we go to the other topic was that during the Dutch time, there were no many. Um, Indonesian leader who get the opportunity to study to become pastor. Mm. So even the indigenous leaders did not get the opportunity to to become leaders. And then how could you win people? Because we know the culture, we know the language, we understand the life. If If they prepare our people to be leaders, Yeah. Then uh, it will be good. So when they, we became independent in 1945, and then the Dutch had to go away from my country. That makes sense. Yep. So what happened? The Indonesian people must lead the church. Yep. And you see, you cannot do that. No. So the church cannot grow fast because these people are starting to become leaders. So mm-hmm. that is the big mistake, I think, yep. that should have been done by the, uh, yeah, That's uh, Christian Dutch or Reformed Dutch people at that time, I think, to prepare future leaders. Now, I myself, who sponsored by the Dutch Reform yep. <laughs> to study here, I have to be careful, but because of the truth, I must tell him the truth, yeah. even though the Dutch helped me too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I think, yeah, they're getting their act together nowadays, I think. They're training yeah. a few more of you. Yeah. So. so by that, I, I, should, I should also be honest with you that Yeah. Oh, I came here because of the yeah most of the Dutch people that uh, sponsored me the the Free Reform Church of Australia mm-hmm. in, in most of them are in Perth yeah. so they uh, sent me uh, and sponsored me paid my study in our seminary here theological uh, yeah, Reform Church okay. theological seminary yeah. yes okay. so so then I, I studied and that's why I met your parents yeah. and and even before your parents came to the college 
they, they were still singles and I was living in the Creekies and the Creekies have some connection with your mom. Okay. Uh, because uh, Tammy yes. uh, is a sister of your mom child. and you yep. see, <laughs> that's how I, I, I know your parents and now I know you. So that's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. Well, yeah. So were you in the seminary at the same time as my dad then? I think or you a couple I, years ahead? either I was first or him, but we always sit in, in on the same class because yeah, yeah. at the college after first year, yeah. And then second year, you are together with the third right. year and the last year. So either I am first or, or he's first. Okay. But we, I still remember we always yeah. in the same. I think I might be go first. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you grow up in the faith, right? So your father's a pastor, mm -hmm. and then you grow up. You um, get sponsored by this church in Perth. Yes. Uh, and then you get sent here to yes. study at the seminary in Hamilton. Yes. You're here for. Three years, four years? How yes. Long? Well, I am with the different from most of the, the students. I was studied as a pastor, to be a pastor in Sumba Island. Okay. And when I was in high school, my, my father said, if you like to study to be a pastor, I have some connection. Okay. That was, I was in, still in grade 11. So then when I almost finished in grade 12, then I, I kind of cannot sleep. I could not sleep. I just want to go to this theological college in Sumba. But even though I, I could go to public university, good university in my hometown, and I, go, I got accepted there, but because the calling is so strong, so then I gave up. And so I went to Sumba and I was studying under uh, Dr. Paul, Dr. Ajio Paul. Oh, yeah. He okay. was a, a pastor in Carmen. Now he's a... That's where I know him from you know? a little bit. Well, I mean, I was younger at the time, but he, yes. Yeah, yeah, I've heard him preach before. Yes, he was a pastor in Guelph here yes. before. Yeah. yeah. So he was my former professor at that time. So he was the one who trained me with other of my friends. And then through him, I got no... And, and I know the, the uh, Australian Reformed Church, the Free Reformed Church. Mm -hmm. So that's why I could come here through uh, Pastor Paul. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. And you were here for how long? Well, that's right. I forgot yeah. to answer you that. So I came here at the program of um, our seminary here, theological seminary here, was, I was supposed to have four years, up yes. until now still four years. Typically. Yeah. But in some way, after interviewed, I was. I remember I was interviewed by Dr. James Fisher. Yep. So some way they decided that I could jump. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> right away to second year. Good, 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 good. So in the history of the Canadian Reformed Theological College, I might be one of the uh, different one. Yeah. <laughs> Only three years study. Okay. But it was hard yes. for me <laughs> because you know I have to learn in English, you know, and I have to study Western way of study. It's different, mm. and our college I found is different, uh, you know, approach. They use kind of American way, a lot of writings. And so I had to write a lot of writings and a lot of readings. And you must memorize, you, know, you must master oh, those books. I don't know how to do it. Oh, brother, I have to tell you, this is for for you guys here already hard, more offer for a person like me. Oh, yeah. And I have to jump, I had to jump. <laughs> so you, you, you see, it's not easy. No. Not easy, but praise the Lord, I made it. Yeah. And and to be able to understand all of this with all hard work, 
mm-hmm. which is my background is different, different culture, different thinking. I still remember when I was at the theological college, in my culture, the, the professor are really, really high, you know, they are, you know, they are high on the top there and we scared uh, of them, we, we are afraid of them. Okay, they have high social status. Oh yeah, very high. Okay. So I was training my <laughs> professor here, you know, they they can be firm on you if you don't know how to be like this. Yeah. As an Indonesian, that's not easy because I already respect them. And then they point that you have to like this. When you go home, you cannot sleep. You cannot eat. <laughs> no, You're like, I gotta know this. Oh, I gotta yeah. remember this. So that, that's what happened with me. A lot me. of pressure. Yeah. And then I have to, I had to memorize like six, 600 verses. I don't know how you did that. I don't know how people do it today. So. I don't know. They, they still do that, but that's what that's at that time I remember. Doctor Hodges asked my professor. Yeah. He, he he asked me to do that. So and I could do by writing or just talk like this. Yeah. So uh, he just said this text. I memorize it. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of memorization, a lot of readings, a lot of writings. Mm-hmm. So that was my experience uh, to answer your question. Yeah. I, I was okay. was only studied. Uh, for for uh, three, three years. Okay, but so then, you're here for three. Yes. And you meet your wife here at some yes. point. Yes. Okay, so how does that happen? Yeah, well, you know what? We have different gifts or talents that God gives. Yep. I'm not very smart like many, or like maybe like your dad. Your dad maybe. Well, you did it in three years, so I don't think you're that uh, slow. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I know God has different uh, you know, plan for us and give us different different gifts. Mm-hmm. One of my gifts is actually making connections, mm-hmm. friendship, relationship. Mm-hmm. That's my world. Yeah. So I have tons, I can say thousands of friends while I'm studying here. Up until now, I have so many friends here and there. Yeah. Anyway, so because of this friendship, I got to know my wife now. But the story was a bit uh, different from most of the young people here or even in my country. Okay. Well, at the first year when I came, I had to study English a bit in uh, a place named Columbia College close to McMaster University there. So I spent some time there. And then during that time, one person from Canadian Reformed Church, he said, would you like to come along with me to uh, see some of the people in a camp called Anchor Camp. Oh yeah, you okay. you, you guys maybe know that. Yeah, Anch- yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know Anchor people for the well. special, special people. Needs. Yes, yeah. needs yeah people. So I went there. I said I like to surf by singing because I love playing guitar. Oh awesome! Yes, nice. I play guitar too. Nice. Oh, yeah. Next time you bring we'll, guitar. We'll and, together, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So so I sang there in front of them. Yeah. Uh, because they have camp, right? They probably love that. They love it. Yeah, yeah. But you know, as a stranger, I know nothing about these people. No. But down there, there was my wife, Marilyn. Mm. I think she was maybe 15 years old. Oh, okay, young. She came with her mom yep. to look after uh, the, the brothers and sisters then that camp. Yeah. But, you know, as a normal person, she... Uh, look at me well when I was singing, and suddenly she had a daydreaming. Look at in the head, in a vision, like both of us walking in the church, getting married. She had a vision of that, just like a daydreaming. She saw you, saw me, and daydreaming oh, wow. suddenly, just like that, without know who I am. Wow. Okay. 
and then she surprised. What happened if this guy is uh, you know already married? Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Because this is <laughs> so she just like throw it away. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah, put it out of her mind. That's right. So yeah. th- without knowing me, okay. that things came yeah. kind of vision. Yeah. Anyway, two years later, after seeing me. She came to my church. I was living in a place. I think your dad must be living with me as well in the men's. Mm, okay. You know, that was a, like a pastoral, pastory. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stone Church. Uh, Stone Church in Hamilton. Yeah, in yeah. Hamilton, close yeah, yeah. to Guido. Yep. Uh, that's uh, the church, Hamilton yep. Church. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 we went to that church and we lived just beside the building. There's a men's oh, there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep, yep. I, yeah, I, I became a member of the church there. Okay. But you know what? During that time, I already prayed to the Lord. I said like this, God, you, you have created more than six million, billion people, or million, a billion, yeah, billion yeah, yeah. people at that time. Now yeah. maybe more than eight, maybe think. eight billion already, yeah. but that time is around six or something. Yeah. So I said, from that six billion, maybe half or more than half are women. Three billion. Let's go. With Let's that. say three billion, or yeah. if you're single one, maybe you say two or one Fair. and a half. Okay. So I said, Lord, please give me one, just like you give Adam one Eve. Mm-hmm. That was my prayer based on Genesis chapter two. Mm-hmm. God yeah. brought Eve to Adam. Yep. So based on that uh, text, I asked the same, but yep. at that time, no woman yet. But this time, <laughs> I saw so many, so I asked God one. Yeah. In my understanding, if you have like one billion dollar and I ask only one dollar, will you give to me or not? Sure. Yeah. Even you give to me more offer, God. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my prayer. Okay. And then you know what? When I came to my church because I just walk. Yep. And in the we have two services, right? Yep. So I went in the afternoon. Yep. At that time, I went into the church and I look at the church full. So I thought maybe empty on on the top balcony. So I walk up to the balcony, and when I was there, also full. So I thought, oh, when can I see it? And then I check carefully about three or four benches from the pulpit. There were some place that empty there. So I said, oh, I better go there. So just I just put my step down, going down. Yep. Three uh, virgins or girls came up. It was um, Reverend Gelder's uh, daughter, my wife Marilyn, and one uh, another girl, uh, they have good close friends from Smithville. Okay, yep. And when I saw three of them, something talking to my heart, I believe the Lord kind of say to me, the second one, the middle one, is yours. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> so what'd you do then? So I said, if this is the answer of my prayer, Well, I better work because ora et labora. Yes. Yeah. Pray and work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's my work? I better ask them to come along with me. Start talking. Go to them. Yeah. Yeah. I talk. So I know the first one, Mika, which is uh, Reverend Gilder's daughter. I said, hey, if you like, you come along with me and then sit with me because it's full here, but there are some place uh, there. So they came along with me. Yeah, you're playing Usher, okay. Y- yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit uh, scared, but yeah. they follow me. And then, yeah. so they sit together with me, Amika, uh, my wife, Marilyn, and then um, I think Esther. So during that time, my wife said again that the dream came 
again. Oh, wow. Without, uh, I know. Yep. So we talked, and then after that church started, and then finished, if you like to come, you come to our place, you drink tea, and then you can go home to Smithfield. Yep. So anyway, they came, and then I asked, at that time, no phone yet, like a mobile phone. No cell phones. Uh, no. Only, like no cell phone, only a phone yeah. like from house, home yeah. phone. Le- yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I got that one, and that time the email just came out. Okay. So I got her email as well. Ooh, smooth <laughs> operator. All right. But you know what? After that, I got the phone. I phone home. Mm-hmm. She never answered me. Oh. The one who always answered me was her mom. <laughs> mom. <laughs> you got to go through her mother. Well, I go Different to the mother, but the nice thing was I make a good friend with the, the mother. With mom. Oh, that's good. You got to get to know your mother-in-law. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's how it works. Uh, and then, you know, after that, I learned that, you know, it's the best if you like someone for the young people who listen to our conversation. Yep. You better spend time, a lo- lot of time with your future grandmother, a grandmom, yeah. uh, your, your, your mother-in-law. mother-in-law sorry. Mother-in-law, yeah. yeah. You spend a lot with that because she knows a lot about your future wife. It's true. And then spend time with the close friend or best friend of your future wife or your girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's what I, I learned from that. Yeah. But anyway, after that, we, we never going out as, as like the young people, like girlfriend and boyfriend. So I always say to my kids, you know, you, you don't have to go out and, and, and become boyfriend and girlfriend. Just be friend. Because that's what I, my experience. And actually in the Bible, you will never find the word uh, in the Bible about courtship. So only knowing as friend, engagement, and marriage. Mm, okay. You, you can check it there. Okay. This is just different culture, but a biblical culture is not like that. What do you do in Indonesia? What's the culture? The like same thing? thing. Same thing. Boyfriend yeah. girlfriend. Boy, and what happened that when you have your boyfriend girlfriend, they got pregnant before marriage. Yeah, yeah, that happens. <laughs> because you make commitment already. Yeah. But if you just be friend, you won't do anything because you just friend, no commitment. Mm. Right. So she will feel funny. Why you wanna do something funny here? We are friend. Just be friend. Mm, okay. And then if you love each other, and then you start make commitment for the engagement. Okay. Well, when when you just friend, mm-hmm. you, the friend can tell you openly. Yeah. But if you become boyfriend and girlfriend, they might hide their weakness because they want to be <laughs> love, right? <laughs> yeah, but I think if you, yeah, that's true. That that's, it depends on the person, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. There's a certain wisdom I feel to like the graduated stage of it. Because if you're just friends and you stay friends, I feel like a lot of people, for young people listening, they'll probably agree with this. You get caught in this weird in-between where like you're friends, <laughs> but like you kind of like each other a little more than you would your average friend. And then it's a bit of a, well, it well, creates drama, right? Like yeah. uncertainty. So yeah. in my opinion, yeah, but I but, see where you're coming from. But if, if you feel it and if she feel it, then you can make a special friend, Yeah. but don't make commitment because commitment can be hard. Well, okay, but I'll 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 counter that if you will. So when I met my wife, I thought we went on we go on a couple dates, right? You go go for coffee, whatever, get to know them, and then I thought, okay, I think this is like I knew pretty quick. I was like, I think this is the one. So then I said, okay, do you want to be my girlfriend? Because okay. that's like the next stage. You go from friends, like just just like seeing who the other person is. Mm-hmm. You go, I think this could be it. Yeah. So let's let's date officially. Yeah. So then you become girlfriend boyfriend, and then it's the whole stage of like. Okay, we're aiming towards marriage. Okay, so we need to really get to know each other. 
And if you're going to be married, you can't hide things from each other. And then that's like you explore, like you get to know each other deeper and deeper and deeper. Right. And then when you, in my mind, at least, then you make the commitment. You're like, okay, we're going to get married. Then you buy the ring. Then you do the engagement. And then you just like get engaged. Okay. You're getting married. All you got to do is plan the wedding and, and get married. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that some person can do that. Like some person have hard time to, to, to express who they are. Some that, people yeah. are a bit afraid, hiding, and sometimes even pretending and make drama and confusing. Oh, well, why I said to you this, there are some experience, uh, even pastors mm-hmm. who wrong, who, who married wrong person. Yeah. There is an illustration like this. When you see a cat, it looks nice. The fur, nice. Sure. But you never think that the cat has the, what do you call it? Claws. Claws. Yeah. So sometimes you are confused and being fooled. Mm. You marry two person like that and, and doing the them. <laughs> yeah. And you're surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what, there is some wisdom behind that. I but if you, to. but then what I'm wondering about that is if you stay as just friends, how does that change anything else? Well, when you're friends, you can see the the clouds come because the true they, yeah he she and he can yeah, fight you fight and you see oh there's some sharpness there yeah <laughs> I better be careful yeah and you know because you cannot just say that the, I'm good I'm good or I'm but experience is telling you yeah. what she is or he is right so friendship is a very important become yeah. good friends close friends yeah. and then let's the problem comes out yeah and then you can solve it together. So yeah. when you get married, you know already. That's what yeah. my understanding. Okay. But when you make commitment, it's it's a bit uh, hard because. And plus, when you make commitment, and then you break down, it really hurts. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah it's not fun. <laughs> no. no, right. So it's better to hold a bit until you really, really know this is what the Lord wants. This is this is from the Lord. Mm. Then make commitment. Okay. And then you go through the engagement and you go to the marriage. Mm-hmm. Rather than before engagement, you make commitment and then you break up. Mm-hmm. Then it might go also for, for it's also hard for your your, your psychological yeah, condition, your heart, yeah. your heart, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. That's what I want to save the young people. Everybody yeah. make their own decision. It's, yeah. This conversation only to share you know yeah and 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 don't follow my way if you think that your way is better but it might be give some wisdom yeah like the, the broader point being you need to have those fights you need to see the yes. claws come out yes. before marriage yes so you can see the true colors so you don't marry the wrong person that's a point yeah you, you want I to agree with that. yeah you want yeah. you want to marry the right one yeah because this is for forever for your life right yeah so i think a lot of people have it like just talking to friends and other people my age you you date right? So you have some fights in your dating, and whatnot. Yes. You get engaged. Yeah. The period from engagement to marriage, you usually have a lot of fights there. You're yes. planning a wedding. It's yeah. stressful. Yes. And it's like it's a great time to have fights actually because you need to figure out how Correct. to communicate and if this is for sure, for sure, for sure the person. Correct. Because you get married, it's not going back. Right. And and this thing, even though I, we share about this topic, but I just heard from some American young people telling me story that in U.S. I don't know in Canada. Mm-hmm. There are more than fifty percent of couple got divorced. That's the same here, pretty much. So you see, this topic is very important. I know people don't have the tough conversations, right? People they avoid them, like you said. Correct, correct. Yeah, so, you so to... 
Yeah, so it's better as young people who has not uh, have not getting married yet. It's better to to consider carefully. Yeah. You know, before you make a uh, make a big decision, mm-hmm. think carefully, talk openly. You know, so that you have you you like to have a great, wonderful marriage. Yeah. Right. So that that's what the story anyway. That's how uh, after that uh, we know each other, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, the dream came in, and then we know each other. Your mom answered phone, and then after that I went home because I, I I love to go home to my hometown to bring the gospel there. Even though there there were some opportunities for me to work in here as right. a Canadian Reform pastor or any other Reform pa- uh, church that called me. But I decided to go there. Were you done at the seminary at this point? Yes. Okay. After so you were a minister now? Or oh, sorry, you, yet. you had that, a call. But. At that time, I just uh, went home. I'm not calling yet uh, from mm. my hometown. Okay. But I just went there. Okay. And then after that, there was a church called me. So from then, Australia? No, no. From from my hometown. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Right. So then I I stayed there. And then my um, at the time, Merlin came down. Oh, okay. To see me, she just want to see the life there, and I never said to her that Indonesia is so good or rich or uh, no, no, no. I just trust that the Lord, if the Lord wants, then we will become husband and wife. So, were you talking on the phone when you were apart, or no? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's very hard at that time because. Yeah, I wondered about that. <laughs> but anyway, before going there, I uh, had the opportunity to to give devotion in in a camp it, at that time called Camp Lamb. So Camp Lamb running by young people at that time uh, to collect all the young people come together and have a you know, camp for three, four days. Yep. And then I got the opportunity to to uh, give the devotion. Mm-hmm. So after finish my devotion, I saw uh, my wife was crying there. At that time, you know, Lady Diane from England, Oh yeah, yeah, the princess. The princess. Something? Yeah, she died. She died at that time. Oh wow. Okay. And I thought she cried because I remember that, but then in something my heart said, "You better get her out and talk with her." So then, when we walked, I asked her, like this, "Do you think the Lord has purpose for us?" And she said, "Definitely." Oh, wow. And that's how I see that God really has purpose. Okay. For for both of us, I don't say, "Do you love me or not?" Yeah. Because if she said, "I don't love you," then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> if she if she said, "God doesn't have purpose," okay, then I just have wrong kind of feeling of or vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so that's before you leave. Before I I left, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. But then after one hour, she said, "I changed my mind." <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if this become a movie? Oh boy, yeah. I must cry a lot because that's not good for a man no. <laughs> to be refused. What are, yeah. <laughs> what are you feeling? You're going back home. But you know what? At that time, all my friends in the camp was kind of uh, surprised and, you know, it's uh, crying here and there. But I just believe in the Lord that there must be something. So after the camp finished, I went home. I graduated. I went home. Yeah. But then after that, she said, I like to go back. I'll go come to see Visit me. Visit you? Yeah. Okay. So... She came, and then we decided to get engaged. Okay. And then after that, about uh, six months later, we got married here. You got married here in Canada. In Canada. Okay. We yeah. stayed here for three months, and then I we went back together to okay. serve the Lord in, in Indonesia. And I was um, uh, ordained as a pastor there. And then okay. so, start my work. 
Beautiful. Continue my work for the church, for the schools. Yeah. And and yeah, here we go. Okay. So <laughs> so tell me about that work then. So uh, you have seven kids. Yes. Okay. So you've raised a family of seven children over this time. Yes. You've planted. I was talking to you, uh, just for context for yes. the listeners, your son, Dawid, works for us at yes. Tycho. So yes. that's kind of how I've got to know you a little bit. Yes. And he said, he told me that you planted 17 different yes. churches. Well, we have 17 churches. 17 I, I planted about seven churches. Okay, sorry. Yeah, but there's yeah. 17 total. Okay. Yeah, all so, together, 17, including uh, with the, my friends. Right on, yeah. Right on. Okay. But you've been involved in planting multiple churches. Yes, correct. Okay. Okay. So tell, tell me about that process. Like how many churches were there when you start your ministry and what was that growth like and, and what was the process? Yes. Well, first of all, I have to let you know about uh, <laughs> mission and church work. Before you do the church work outside, you must remember your family is the first one. Mm-hmm. So I was planning to have 13 children. Ooh. That is called internal mission outreach. Okay. The other one you call external. You yep. bring the people in, but you have to start from inside first. Did your wife also want to have 13 kids? I will tell you after this. I give my vision and thinking first. Okay. <laughs> Why? Because my dad has uh, asked about twelve kids, so I want to beat my dad. Oh, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, so anyway, after that, um, we got children. But my point, I should give example to my congregation, specifically when I preach from Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-eight: "Be multiply and fill the earth." And I think that makes sense. So if my congregation follow my way, not thirteen, but only ten, and I have ten congregation or ten couples, ten times ten, so I got one hundred uh, members of the church already. So that's a church. Yep. <laughs> that's called internal mission work. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. Makes sense. Numbers game. <laughs> I hear you. I hear so this you. is important for the young people nowadays to remember because some some people just want to have one or two kids. Well, if the Lord uh, doesn't allow, then that's okay. But if the Lord wants you to have more or allow them, you can make it, then, then uh, why not? Mm-hmm. And I train my kids. Mm-hmm. I say to my boy, you know, kids, you know, you have a lot of kids. It's, mm-hmm. it's okay. As far as God, you gave blessing, blessing. Uh, one of my my son, I think Berto said, hey, "I will make. I, I want to beat you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said to David the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know that's my that time during his time. They they suffered. Yeah, it's and not, they still had twelve kids. They still they could make that uh, have like twelve kids. Now you have cars, you have business, you make money, you can fly with with the airplane. Why cannot we do that? Yeah. I know a lot of people, do you think people overthink it? Because people want to plan, like they want to give their kids a good life. And I, I, I think there is some kind of a fear and sometimes selfish. Yeah. Sometimes selfish. Yeah. Well, our life is for God. You have to focus on the Lord, right? So family have to be focused on the Lord. Business focus on the Lord. Church focus on the Lord. So if you want to focus on the Lord, you have to follow God's way. And one of God's commandments is, is actually be fill, the, fill and multiply. Mm-hmm. Unless your wife has problem. Let's, sure. yeah, then, then, then that's not wise. Yeah. Or maybe he does not give. Then yeah. that's his, he has different purpose. And if he doesn't give, you still have obligation to raise other people, kids. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, or volunteer. Or volunteer. Yeah, be active in the church. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's what uh, my advice, and I like to share, and, and it's good to discuss, and I hope that young people who listen to this conversation should think and don't follow the current of the world thinking or world view mm-hmm. from the world that, you know, only one kid or two kids or maybe nothing. It, it's what, what's the point? Why you make money for? You, you make money for you and for your children and for other people as well. Mm-hmm. But if you only build your own kingdom, then then it's, it's selfish. Yeah. So that's that's what I, I, I in no, my, my I, understanding. I, I tend to agree with you, yeah. I think so, people do overthink it a bit and they, yeah, it's probably a money thing and it's probably a lifestyle thing. Yeah. I think, so, right? so let me become a host for a while. How many children would you like to have? Yeah, I think as many as the Lord gives. I don't know, at least six or seven, something like that. But don't, don't you want to say ten, like what I said? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> ten would be great. Let's see. My wife is. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, I hope your wife will listen to this. And yeah, I might discuss together. Yeah, I think I'll be having a conversation when I get home. But, uh, but you know what? It's good to talk together. Yeah. And and you don't have to force, but sharing and 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 you know you both should. Um, have focus to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if the Lord willing and wants you to have a lot of children, and I know you are a good businessman, so why do for, and then of course we have the the, uh, the task, the responsibility, because mm-hmm. when, when you go to give the kids to the Lord and baptize the kid, yep. your kid, you have promised, right? Yep. To train them, to fear the Lord. Yep. So it doesn't mean that you have kids and you leave them. No, you have, you have the responsible. And and that's fun thing, you know, yep. when you train them, they love the Lord. What else are you gonna do with your oh, life? And yeah. that's fun, you know. That's yeah. why for me, my life is, f- f- even though I have a lot of problems with the, you know, the Muslim and the all kind of, but still, I I like to to see the fun of being together as family, mm-hmm. in mission work, in church work. It should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So so at home, you know, besides I do my tra- training. I do my preaching, visiting. I am busy as a pastor and missionary, yep. but I still use my time, a lot of my time, for my my children. Mm-hmm. And you can ask David and Berto; they can yeah. they can they can share with you yeah. how much time I spend uh, for, for them. Yeah, and and that's fun too when when you can share the time with your kids. Oh, that's yeah, beautiful it's, thing. It's very important. Yeah. And, and why this important, uh, brother Luke? Because during the time I don't have my phone here, but that phone, you know, phone can can uh, take out the time oh, yeah. from your kids and from you to yeah. uh, to, to be together. Yeah. So I I, uh, I I said to my kids, you know what? You have to remember time with your parents, time together as siblings is very important, specifically during this time of full of high technology. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to help the communication, but actually it destroys. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. The more you can put the phone away, the better, the better, yeah. and and that's why it's very important. Uh, you, you you are a businessman, right? So I, I like to also talk with you about this, and I can sure. ask you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> so you must have abundance of time. You have to have. Well, the, the rich people they they have freedom of time, freedom of well, financial freedom. That's yeah. Rich but besides, you have a financial freedom and uh, time freedom. You have to go to time. At, uh, also, f- um, financial abundance, financial, right? So you have uh, to be um, independent, uh, to be f- um, to be good in making money. Yeah, that's what rich people say. But the, in my understanding, 
the best way if you have a lot of time for your family, for your no, church. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I I wonder about that. How how do you how do I how, how you organize that? <laughs> how about you as a young man? Yeah, I mean, wow. Well, yeah, to be honest. So I'm 25. Yeah, we're running the business. We've been doing it for about five years. I think in another five years, by the time I'm 30, my yeah, the our oldest or our only child right now. She's six months. So she'd be like five and a half. I would love to have more free time in five years for for family. To invest in family, but the I think the trade off that a lot of people don't realize maybe when they get into business or whatever, and you get into a position of leadership is you actually, I think you have less time, and you have more control perhaps over your time. But if you're called into a position of leadership that requires you to set an example and to mm. be there for other people and to, uh, yeah, le- leading is not light work. So it's uh, you have to be more prepared and you have to stay a couple steps ahead. So I think. Sure. Do you get more flexibility? You probably get more flexibility, but you don't really, unless you were to like sell your business and sit on a stack of cash, because that doesn't require management. Yeah. But if you have an active business that, if it's going well, it's making you money. That's great. But even if you have good people, those people still need to be managed. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm I'm aiming to have more free time or more flexibility. But part of me doesn't believe it, so we'll, we'll kind of see where where things go. Yes, well, you know what? This is important discussion about how to run the time, mm-hmm. because specifically technology. Without you know, you work very hard, you busy with your business, yeah. and then the technology can also take out your time. Without yes. you know, yeah, yeah. unless you are not um, connect with this technology thing. No, but I, sometimes you know, calling me right now. you well, see, I'll leave it. calling, yeah. WhatsApp, YouTube, whatever, oh, yeah. all those kind of things, very attractive. Yes, and then without you know, your my your your time is already gone. Mm-hmm. And I think this is important in yep. this age to yep. talk and discuss and just ponder. You sit down together. How much time I have spent, like for this, for that, for that, and specifically for the Lord, and I like to talk about that. Okay. Why? Because of during this uh, time of full of technology, high technology, mm-hmm. we could lose the time for God. Yeah, it's easy to forget about that. Yes. Yeah. Because all these attractive thing from this technology. Mm-hmm. So I think. We, we each of us should uh, ponder how much time we spend for God, like how much time you spend for God. We talk, we talk with God. Yeah. And we as reformed people, sometimes the young ones specifically, we depend on our parents to pray, like you know, on the table. Yeah. yeah. And then after parents pray on table for supper or lunch or whatever, how about you? Yeah. Yeah. As young people that coming up as the future leader of the church. Yeah. We we always had a tradition where we would take turns praying. Yeah, up, yeah. Right? I'm, I'm glad to hear, but not all of the family doing that. Yeah. But even though like that, that's okay. My point is, after that table prayer or fellowship, personal devotions. That's my point. Right on. Yeah. And we should we should think, yeah. not only young people, also we as adults, even pastors, mm-hmm. think about it. Because we can be busy making sermon too, and then we right. forgot to talk with God. Yeah. And and. My point is, how much time you spend with him in prayers and in reading his uh, his word? Should be more. Uh, Should be more, yeah, right? You, you but, have me there. It but let's be more. let's now each of us look at that. Yeah. <laughs> and we will be surprised that we might spend less time 
for uh, for God, yeah. His word, and talk with Him. Well, on the flip side, you if you the the key is the personal discipline, right? Yes. Because of the age, there's so many distractions. Correct. Correct. But also because of the age, there are so many opportunities, right? So mm. there are a, you have the Bible on your phone wherever you go, right? Yes. So you can't say you don't have it with you. Correct. You can listen to it. People can read it. You there's great Correct. podcasts. Uh, RP uh, has this podcast called Mana. Uh-huh. Your daily bread, manna. Yes, it's, uh, voice of the church. Maybe you're familiar with voice of the church. They I heard about be, it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so they moved uh, their whole library into RP's uh, nice. podcast library. So then they release a podcast today, and it's just like ten minutes, a little devotion on a certain passage of scripture. Yes, and it's great. I I've gotten into the habit. I wasn't for a while, but I got into the habit of I walk my dog in the morning for ten minutes. I put nice. on headphones. I listen nice. to a, a devotion, and it's it's nice. I appreciate it. It's a nice way to start the day. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also do the same thing, but I do more with uh, when I lay down or I sitting down mm-hmm. because nowadays technol- you can use technology for, for your good, but technology technology can be two M's. Yeah. It can become minister to help us, to minister to us, mm-hmm. but it can become a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And this is very important to, to discuss yep. too. Yep. Are you using this as monster to destroy you? Yeah, or using this to minister you to help you with like for example Bible and you just listen and, and that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I sit down and just like you you walk with your dog and listen. Yeah. You use the time well for God's uh, you know word and listen to it and some meditation or or whatever. Yep. It, it's very important because the devil is working hard. Yes, yes. Yeah. The devil is working hard. Yeah. He tried because he knows this is a very very limit. Is we are in the end of the age, mm-hmm. so he you, you can see in Revelation chapter thirteen he used all his power, yep, with uh, seven heads and ten horns. You know those symbolize all power that he has. He is using completely hundred percent to mm-hmm. to uh, destroy us. Yeah, he's active in the West in terms of uh, distractions, right? Yes, you know, entertaining ourselves to death, yes. right? To to get away from from what we should be doing and, and worshiping and serving the Lord. Uh, yes. In Indonesia, uh, I would imagine some in some ways maybe it's more explicit. I've heard stories from other people like, "Have you had experiences with people like actually being demon possessed?" Oh or, yeah, oh yeah. What is? Can you share a well, story I, or two about that? David also I have seen it when he was so little because we have school like I I haven't said about that but we we running like twenty three schools yes uh, by the support and help of uh, Wood and Deed and Edudeo also helping for uh, training yeah but uh, through that we have a school called Theological High School yes okay and at that time about ten or eleven students suddenly they cry out and they're jumping and they they just like crazy like they could not control themselves suddenly falling apart and and it's just like crazy just like on the same time wow so the teacher ran to my ran to my house and asked me can you come please so I came and I, in some of my mind said this is I think they are controlled by the demons because it happened quite often in my hometown like that. Okay. And I had that before in my church. So anyway, I just prayed. I just prayed in the name of Jesus. He woke up and and that was, I did not the right ran with me. Oh, <laughs> I, so I he saw you do that? I, no, I, I ran and he ran as well. Okay. Because this is like tense, you know? <laughs> the kids like almost like, like dying. No. Like they are dying. Like they just like, like half died. Like they don't control themselves. So there's like 10, 11 kids. 
Yes. Writhing on the ground. Yes. It's looking to be demon possessed. Yes. It's 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 like you you they don't control themselves. They they are fighting and they they just throw themselves and cry. This just uncontrolled. And you prayed out loud and you just said yes, like the Apostle Paul. Yes. And that. And they came up. Wow. And they sing spiritual song. They just wake up, come back to me like normal after that. And now it was there. Oh wow. Yes. So it never happened in your country, but I experienced that. I believe you, but that's great. Yeah. That's one time. Before, when I was before I become pastor, yeah. I had the same thing uh, with my young people. She was uh, maybe 17 or 16 years old. So we came to her house for worship, like a family worship. Yep. And then when I came there, there was a, a lady or girl cry out like crazy, like demon position, possession. So, and then when I step my, I put my feet on the door, stay, uh, thing. Threshold. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly her voice changing, like from from loud to be like, how we call it, like monkey voice. Uh, like some, it's oh, different. High pitched. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Screeching. Yes, it seems like she's so afraid of myself, but oh, wow. I I believe this is not me, but I came with the, the Lord. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is in me. Yeah. And at that time, the Lord let say, you just pray and she will be okay. And I did. Boom. She came back. Wow. So that's that my experience when I, before I become a pastor. Okay. Recently, I went to my island, Roti Island. Yeah. And at that time, we, um, we, we went to a church. And then my, my friend, a pastor who preached. And while he was preaching, there was another a young old lady, or well, she's about 17, 18 years old as well. Okay. She was like that for a long time. Like months? Like months yeah. already. She could not go to high school, her school, because of this problem. The, yeah, like demon position. Yep. So she was, you know, do the same thing and want to kill herself, etc., etc. Well, we have to stop the service. <laughs> so the pastor came down and I went there. Somebody hold her, but uh, it's so hard because she was pretty, pretty strong. Mm. So I just hold her, I prayed. And then after that, I put her beside me. She just like quiet like that. And she was sleeping beside me. No fighting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So wow. this is the real, I didn't make a video about it because I don't have time to do that. But I surprised we had amazing God. So yeah. this is sometimes we as reform don't kind of see that as really, no. really happen because it's not happened in this kind of country, but it happened in my country and I experienced it and I know the Lord is really, it's just happened, it's working. He, you just pray and the devil or, or the satanic or whatever that is afraid, the evil spirit afraid of Jesus. And and the Bible's talking about that. Yeah, You can you can see a lot of example in there Yeah, that, uh, the, the the evil spirit afraid of of of, of not us but Jesus and they, yeah. yeah so that's what happened so okay. I I cannot I cannot re- deny that this is real story and I experience it yeah mm. so that's what happened okay okay <laughs> that's crazy that yes. is that is wow so if you ever experience or see that happen wherever you are in this country if God allows and if that happen you just pray. Mm-hmm. Just pray whoever. No, you don't need pastor. Yeah. You yourself can pray and ask in the name of Jesus. It can happen because we have powerful God. We do. Yeah, right? we do. Yes. Okay, so 
All right. So that was an interesting side story there. But I think to get back to the churches and your work yes. in churches, right? So you've helped plant seven churches. Yes. So uh, tell me a bit about the growth of, of the Reformed Church in Indonesia. During, you've been doing this work for over 20 years now yeah. at this point, right? Yeah. So what's the growth been like over that period? Yes. Well, you know, as I said before, this is the largest Muslim country in the world. Yeah. And to bring the gospel in this country is not always easy. No. But praise the Lord, we have a mission mission uh, post, we call it. And then from the mission post, it became an independent church. Yep. So I, I started when I was pretty young already. Before I became a pastor, I followed my father's step. So wherever he went, I, I went along with him. And then, uh, yeah, saw his example. And so after that, I became a pastor, evangelist. I start to open the, 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 the mission mission post along with our elders. So it uh, up until now we we praise the Lord that we have churches uh, in uh, Timor Island, we have in Sabu Island, we have in Roti Island. Uh, even now we have in Java and we are reaching out in Celebes as well. And uh, in Java and Celebes are very very hard because you have a lot of radical. Um, Muslim there, okay, and some of them even got uh, shot by by this uh, radical. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. Wow. This is the place that I am working, and I'm now reaching out. And David also went there. There is an island in my country called Madura Island. Okay, this Madura Island, you almost it's almost like hundred percent of the population are Muslim, Muslim. Okay. and even between them, they're fighting each other. They even kill each other as Muslim. You can see how hard like it is. Sunni Shia. Correct, yeah. correct okay. Sunni Shia. But you know what? What happened was in, in during before I went there, some missionary get uh, killed, put in jail. The uh, Western missionary also get caught and get the deportation. They they okay. send them out of the country. Right. So this island was so popular, to yeah, so dangerous. Yes, and even even Christian people afraid to go there. Mm-hmm. So when my friends know that I am going there, they said you should not go there. They, uh, they don't. They, they are afraid that I will be die there. Yeah. But you know what? Praise the Lord by some relationship. As you know, I love to make connection with some kind of modern Muslim. So I went there, and I make connection with uh, good leaders there, the mayor. Okay. And then from there, I could go to a lot of Muslim leaders, making friends with them and sharing with them to show to them that you know what, we are as Christian, are not as bad as you think. Yeah. I just want to change their image so that they understand that we are Christian is a lovable people. Mm-hmm. What so, do they think being a Christian is and why do they not want it in their area? Well, Apart from just like they'd be changing yes, religions. But. Because they are, the teachers train them like that. Mm. And they they are al- always yeah, always tension and fighting, yeah. and when they persecuted the uh, Christian people, yeah. and that's how the teaching going down one to the others, and they are afraid that the people will become Christian. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's that's what happening. Anyway. But how are you able to like work your way in there? Well, that's how God is so amazing, God, and yeah. and that's why I want to share with you and whoever people that listen to our talking that yeah. even though hard, God can open the way. Even though difficult, God can open the way. Even these people can persecute you, God can open. And I experienced it. God opened the way. I made the connection with the government there. 
And the government opened the base. I talked with the head of the army, head of the policemen, head of the government, member of parliament, also the educational leaders. And I show the love of Christ. I don't bring, I don't preach them, but I show the love of Christ mm -hmm. by giving my abilities. And one of them actually in education. So I said to them, if you want your island to grow, you must send your kids to have better education. Mm. And yeah. I know I show and I share with them my expertise. So they they see that I am not a bad guy. Yeah. And I say that I'm a pastor. Yeah. I'm not hiding it. Yeah. So they know that I am different person. So you just you just change their image. Yeah. But anyway, almost all the Maduras place that really scared for many people, I could just go there. I could meet with the highest leader there. I could meet with the highest religious leader even. I met with them, I talked with them, I ate with them, I hugged them, which is for them is not good because we eat pigs. Unclean. Oh yeah. yeah. So then after I did that, I make Google connection. Yeah. I said to that with my son, it's your time to go there. He went I, there when he was there in September? He went there, there without me. Oh, wow. I want to train him to be brave. And at that time, he doesn't know how to to drive a car yet. Oh, this is years ago. Okay. Years ago, before yeah, he came yeah. here. Okay. He was, I think, 17 or so. Wow. So I said to him, you know what? I have trained you how to drive. I want to test you. You drive from here about five hours from big island to the small island. And you can stay there for two weeks. And this is the dangerous island. A lot of things that I train him with hard thing, but this is the hardest one. Okay. So he went there by himself, yeah. driving the car by himself, yeah. through the highway that he never ever been <laughs> by himself. Does he have like maps on his phone or anything or no? I don't remember. Okay. He might be. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can ask him later. But, I will. but I that's ask. my way of training my kids. Yeah. Because so, when I was little, my, my, my father did the same to me. Sink or swim. Get up Hi, how do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the philosophy. Yeah. So I did the same thing. This is not swimming on the water. This is swimming towards the people that you know very hard. Yeah. So yeah. he went there, make connection with the people like I did, and survived. Yeah, it's good. So he came back. Now he came. I said, now you can go to Canada. No, he, we appreciate those skills. <laughs> he has good problem solving skills. That's great. Yeah, see, you get that all the time in business. <laughs> well, I, I hope that he served with you, but this is this is called mentality uh, training. You don't have this at school. Not right? really. No. Right? No. Because <laughs> this is the real life school. Yeah. 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 That's a good lesson. Like that. Okay. So, <laughs> so he's so, been there. So that's what I, I train him that he can laugh. You know, mm -hmm. he, can, he can enjoy that, you know. Bringing the gospel should be fun, even in the middle of dangerous people. Yeah, it's like a, it's a mission. It's a mission. Yeah. And it should be fun. What is fun? Because when you make connection, and I found it, that when you come with the love heart of God, mm -hmm. you may win them. Yeah, open, honest. Correct. Loving. Correct. Yeah. If you came to them and you show your selfishness and all kind of thing for you, yeah. You might have problem, yeah. but if you come with with lovable heavenly heart, heart of Jesus, it's it's fun, mm -hmm. and I experience that, and I want David to experience it. Okay, and he did have fun. Good, I gotta ask him about that. Story. <laughs> yeah, that and then that's fun. why he said that 
if I make enough money, I like to go back to this island and like to win people. I said, you know, you calm down. Yeah. It's fun. Well, it's hard. But if you if you know the skill of bringing the gospel, the hard things can feel like fun, like like joy. And that's mm. why, how can you have heavenly joy in the middle of difficult time? Yeah. Yep. The answer actually in the Bible, Apostle Paul, when he wrote the letter to the Ephesians and to the Philippians, he was in jail. But specific in Philippians 4, verse 4, he wrote there, rejoice. And I say again, rejoice. Well, he was in jail. He might be beaten up by those people. But why? Because for him, suffering in Jesus is joy. Mm-hmm. You and can. that's the key of mission outreach. And you can do here too. Yeah. Don't be afraid to bring the gospel to anybody here. They might mock at you. They might destroy you. Remember that suffering for God is a double blessing. Yeah. You, you've been considered worthy to experience the suffering. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I think that's what Apostle Paul enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. And and we should be we should be able to oh it's okay to be in our church our family, but those are comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Challenge yourself a bit when you finish your work, like when you walk and you see somebody just say hey the easy one is say what's your name? Yep. Oh my name is this. Oh are you go to church or how's your life? Yep. And then from there you said hey can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Many of reformed people ask. We are afraid to approach people like that, or even yeah. we are afraid to pray for them. Yep. But in my experience from Muslim country, n- very rare, even the radical Muslim refuse to be prayed for. Mm-hmm. And I did. Okay. And I prayed in the name of Jesus. Yep. And even in the restaurant, I pray loud. Yep. And that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> if they say quiet, I be quiet. But I can make fun with them. I can talk again. Yeah. <laughs> so that that is the fun of bringing the gospel. And I think we as a reform, we should we have so rich in our for our doctrine. We we have so many things that we can share to many other people. Mm-hmm. So I hope that whoever listens to this, don't only listen, try it and do it with the power of God, because we have Holy Spirit with us. Okay. The parents are not with us, mm-hmm. but God's inside us. That's why he call it. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Go out and use the opportunity. And that's why I was asking you before, well, you make money, it's okay. But look at your time for God's kingdom as well. Yep. There are a lot of opportunity here in my mm. country as well. Yep. If they, they believe in Jesus and they receive Jesus as the Lord, thank the Lord. If they refuse, they don't want to believe, it's also okay yep. because it's not our business. God is the one who's going to change them. Yep. And if they don't believe in Jesus until they die, Mm-hmm. and we have approached them, one day Jesus will judge them also on the base of our witness. Yep. And he will say, and his co- conscience will say, yes, that guy <laughs> did mention about Jesus. <laughs> I refuse it. So yep. you, you, cannot, you cannot deny that. That's, uh, that's very important. So why I say this, I think it's important to be brave as reform. Mm-hmm. I don't know with the other church, but because we are reform. Let, let's let's uh, show that we are reformed. Reformed people have to be brave, bringing yep. the gospel out. Good. Okay. I like the approach. That's good. 
So you've had some success uh, in your mission work in terms of pairing it with education, right? Yes. Telling people like you are an educator and you yes. can help them get better education. Yes. So how, tell me a little bit about that side of the mission work as well, because obviously that's a branch of mission work. Yes. The education. Yes. So I'm doing like, you know what, in my country, it's very dangerous if you preach publicly. Mm. They can put you into jail yep. anytime. Right. But to be honest with you, you can see my YouTube. You just put Johnson Dayton. And you can see I have made close to 500 videos oh, wow. in my YouTube channel. And I I put my channel name Christ Center Preaching. I want to tell people that my channel focus on Christ, mm-hmm. even though this is in the Muslim country. Yeah. So that's one of the way I also do. But the other thing, I, I, I produce two uh, videos every week for my sermon and my teaching okay. every week. But at the same time, I reach out people with uh, some of my uh, colleagues through uh, schools. Okay. So school in my country become channel for mission outreach. Yep. So we got kids also from, from different backgrounds, some Roman Catholics, some Charismatics, Pentecostal. Yep. We, we train them to know our reform richness. Okay. Right. So, so from that, if they come to our church, praise the Lord. If they don't come, that's all right. At least they go home with reform biblical teaching. Yep. So that's why we have now about um, 23 schools okay. and we are running now one university. Oh, wow, okay. To, to the support of what I did. Okay, are you able to get accredited there by the Muslim authorities? Yes, nice. and that's a that's good, good uh, question because you know, talking about accreditation is, is not easy, even in your country here. You can, yeah, you can, yeah. The, the, the theological college here also had a hard time. Yep. The teacher college also. I, I met with um, Mrs. Uh, Christine Favor. Mm-hmm. She told me story about how hard it is. Even now, still do another one yep. for accreditation. Same in my country. It's not easy, but praise the Lord, we got our accreditation for all our schools. Okay. Very Even good. though it's hard work, but we still get it. Plus, we show to the government that this is Christian reform school. Yep. That go back to our Bible as well as the three form of unity. Yep. And, and and it's not easy because, you know, you train kids from different background, it's not easy, but that is you're supposed to. So we use the, the school as a tool yep. to, to reach people out. And not only students that listen to our teaching every day, yep. but also the parents. Okay. So I, I uh, shared with you before that, Almost every night, God gave me inspiration. And that inspiration, I share with the teacher. And one of the inspiration that I could share here about education, uh, education in reaching out people, we we use one program called KUDIK. KUDIK is an abbreviation uh, for knowing, understanding, doing, innovating character. What was the last word there? Character. Character. Okay. Yeah, character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's my accent, so no, no, please, good. please, please, please. Uh, you have me all the correct, way along. Correcting me because it's important yeah. for the listener. Yeah. So knowing, you know, knowing in my country, we are only learn how to memorize. Mm, not critical thinking. It, not critical yeah. thinking, but also even though you don't understand, it, as far as you can memorize it, you write the exam, you pass it, that's it. You got a diploma. Yeah. But that's very low level. Mm. You must understand what you know. And that's second level. But after you understand what you know, you must do what you understand and what you have known. Yep. yep. And learning about doing 
no many school do it. Yep. They only see or oh, understand already very good. You got the mark. But can you do it what you understand and you do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you know. And then you innovate on top of that. After you do, usually you do something that you have learned, which is somebody else. So you learn somebody's innovation and you try to understand that man's innovation and you try to do it to practice what that man have innovated. Okay. But innovation is yourself. You came out with something else that somebody will learn to know, to understand, and to do what you have found. I found that's very high level. Well, you innovated something already, like this podcast. This is you innovated, right? And you make your business. That is innovation. For Mm -hmm. me, as uh, the one who make this program, I found you are one of the best students that already come to that level. Mm, okay. People who only learn, understand, and do it as followers, those are still low level. But yeah. if you could do something, you innovate something, in my understanding, that's very high level. Okay. Yep. But the highest level is actually character. Okay. Why? Because when you have innovated something, we turn to be proud. And we forgot about God who have given you that innovation and inspiration and wisdom and smartness and prudence. That's why when you go to that position of innovation, making something and you produce something, remember God. So don't be selfish when you go to that high position, but to be surfer. Not selfish, but surfing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. When you okay. serve, your business will be just growing amazingly. Yeah. If you do selfish, you just want to me, 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 me. Yeah. Then money become another God. Yeah. And you become another God. Yeah. But when you come to that character level, you put God, then you will serve other people because you love God. And the people that got the servings of your work and innovation, they will look at you different. Mm-hmm. And you know what? your business become a heavenly business. Yeah. Christ's love yes. throughout the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. So you bring the heavenly life in this, even though yeah. it's a shy, it's a little, it's, just, yeah, yeah. it's part of heaven. But it's a shadow. Exactly. Yeah. That's what, what I am meditating and, and thinking for in the last days. Uh, one of good first that I uh, like it now is actually Romans 14 verse 17. Okay. It What's says there, it says there, the kingdom of God is not about food and drink, but it's about righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness connect with love. So when you have righteousness, when you have love, you will have peace. When you have peace, the joy come automatically. So if you want to have a great household, family, check it. Do you have love there? Real heavenly life, love. Do you have peace there? And if you have this boat, you will get joy automatically. Automatically. Same thing with your business. If you have love in your business, you have peace in your business, you will have a joyful business. Mm-hmm. Same with us doing the mission work. Yeah. If we have love, we have peace, the joy is there. And that's what I enjoy in my work. Yeah, well, that, that was your formula, right? You, you come there, you show, them, you show them the love of Christ, you yes. treat people well, yes. you extend an open hand. You extend trust. Yes. And then and be, sometimes people might, you know, not return that trust and they might abuse it. 
and that's the sinful world. But often enough, people will actually respond in kind, right? Well, most of my friends, even that that isolated island that I told you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel and I enjoy the love and the peace and joy there. And yeah. that's why I said to David, go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can find it for yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, but this discussion, I, I like each of us as reformed people. I have to ask ourselves. Do you have that love, the heavenly love? I'm talking. I'm not talking about worldly love. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the heavenly love that God gives through our Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. called agape love, which is love that they're willing to sacrifice, yeah. willing to serve. If you have that, the peace is there. Yeah. And if you have that love and peace, you have unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy. Yeah. This is more than money. This is more than money. And I call all of these as invisible assets. Yeah. People talk about assets. How can I become rich and successful? Those are visible assets. And the Bible says those assets can be stolen by people. Moth and rust. That's correct. But this invisible asset that I'm talking, and actually Jesus was talking that I kind of copied, (laughs) nobody can steal. Yeah. And. Yeah, and that's what I try to share with my kids. And now here, hopefully, whoever listen to us, they also try to focus that. That's good. Collect the invisible assets. Yeah, I like it. That's a good analogy. I'll, I'll, that will stick in my head. It's good. <laughs> Another well, thing that I like to share. Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap it up uh, with a few just, thoughts here. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, but hopefully they can continue listen to us. But one thing that I learned also about uh, education. Because I'm, I love uh, running education, school, etc. People actually doing the education for the sake of mark or grade. You go to school that you can get good marks, mm-hmm. but that is not the point. You, you want go to, to learn. Sc- you go to school not for getting the good mark, although you need that, but getting the good mark or school is for your life. And there's something missing in the school in my country anyway. The teacher teach the kids to know all things and give the mark. But after that, the kids come to the real life. They said, I don't know. Yep. Because there was or there is not link and match. Yeah. And I think that's very important to, to run our education, yep. whether education at home as homeschooling or at the real uh, normal or uh, formal school. Yep. You need to remember that. Yep. To Teach your kids for the real life. Yeah, it has to connect. Connect. Yeah. And for the real life, like you learn math. Can you use the math for building? Yeah. Don't you learn learn mathematics just to memorize all the others formula? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was I was becoming the victim of that system yeah, of yeah. education. I feel you. I, I got there in high school. And I thought, I don't know, I'm never going to use this. Well, you see? Yeah. So, but if you can connect that with the real life, it's fun. Yeah. And that's what education is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But not only that, when you go, you if you can connect to the real life, mm-hmm. don't forget that the real life connect with three important parts, which is real life with God, real life with your neighbor, and real life with yourself. So if you can connect that, how can I learn mathematics for building a house and building a house for God's kingdom, but to serve your neighbors, but also for myself? Yep. And that's why the mathematics that you learn bringing you to theocentric 
real life. That is what I think education is supposed to be. Okay. That makes sense well, to me. What, what do you think about it? I just I like to... that. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that jives with what I've grown up with, what I've been taught. Yeah. It's, it's God, then your neighbor, then yourself. I think education needs to be realistic. It needs to be applicable to real life. Otherwise, why are you learning anything? Or You're not learning, actually. You're just memorizing and then forgetting, right? So, yeah, I think um, I like that approach. I would assume you have a lot of apologetic type stuff in that education. Like, you need to know how to talk about your faith. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that you, makes sense. You you have to. Yeah. You have to. You have to always connect to Bible and connect to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you miss it. You miss the point. Yeah. And you are not different from the world. But we are different from the world. You know, the world is around us. Yeah, we're different because of Christ. Because of Christ. Yeah. Because of His love. Because yeah. of the salvation. Yeah. Because of Holy Spirit is with us. Yeah. And then you can you can connect with uh, the real life. That's why yeah. uh, for me. Real life is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever you see, you learn at home from your parents, from your teacher, pastor, whatever, you must connect to the real life. Otherwise, yeah. it's like an airplane never landing. Yeah, you never touch the ground. You <laughs> no. never, yeah, you never get grounded, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you, you're going to have uh, many children. Remember this. Yeah. You, you guys as young people, I think I like to share with you because it's important. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it's, any teacher that listen to us, hopefully this can be a blessing for them too. Mm-hmm, I hope so. Another thing that I like to share. <laughs> Last thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be here till uh, well, till it's dark. Oh, the last thing. Seven hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you you remember what I said? God gave me a lot. I have I, I studied in a university that I uh, will be surprised you. This university that I still studying called Heavenly University. Mm, okay. So yeah, right, I right, got right, every right. night wake up. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the last thing that I like to share sure. from the lecture I got. Okay. <laughs> About education. Most of the education a program or system is called linear studies. Yes. So linear is like one line, boom. You are actually biological teacher. So you know nothing about economy. You don't know nothing about theology, etc., etc. Yep, specialized. You specialize on that. It's Western to a T. Exactly. And yeah. it's come to my country as well. Okay. But you know what? When people are thinking like this, they cannot connect with the others. Mm-hmm. But actually, the real life is not like that. Real life is generalist. Exactly. It's called holistic. Yes. Or academically speaking, it's called transdisciplinary yeah, instead yeah. of solo disciplinary. Mm-hmm. Talk about clothes, for example. You have, if you are Christian reform or reform people, you can see theology here. You can see economy here. You can see biology here. Yeah. You can see all kinds of things. That's holistic approach. So when you teach the kids, your, your children or whatever, yeah. you have to teach us together. Yeah. Right? So it's from cotton to sewing, you know, but you have to do this for business. You have to count the mathematics. Yeah. And then you have to know the people, psychological and yeah. sociological, yeah. all connected. And then remember, you buy it, you sell it. You have to praise the Lord because you already make that. Mm-hmm. That's called transdiscipline or holistic approach. Okay. And that's why I like to share this. This is very important just to... We need that. You, you, because most of the school in my country using this solo disciplinary. Yeah. And that's why when kids come out from the school, they are confusing. They do not know what's going on with this. Because always solo linear thinking instead of holistic thinking. Mm-hmm. And in that holistic thinking, if you can connect with okay. the Lord, yeah. then you will establish theocentric 
business, theocentric family, yep. theocentric life, life etc. Yep. Go back to the Lord. And that's why I like to go back this on the base of Romans chapter 11, mm-hmm. verse 36. For everything is from him to him be the glory all, all the time. It's uh, the, the, the reformer said solely Deo Gloria. So I end up with that. <laughs> I'm talking to be solely Deo Gloria. <laughs> you can't beat that and that's that's fantastic. Yes. Well, thank you for your time. You're thank you very generous with that. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. I hope people uh, enjoyed hearing uh, all about your story and yeah, your testimony, the work the Lord has done in your life and, and continues to do. And uh, yeah, I hope people, I've, I've learned from you a lot. I think uh, it's a good reminder to, to be joyful, to, uh, yeah, and to live life for Christ and to, to, to have a theocentric approach to, to our life, right? So thank you for sharing that. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. So if anybody has any questions or concerns, they can always write into the program and we will, uh, maybe we'll converse via email if anybody sends something in. Oh, and yeah. We'll, uh, we always do a roundup or a feedback episode. So then we'll uh, we can have some questions there maybe and uh, we'll dialogue on that front. So and and I always love to hear, to yeah to communicate and maybe to share. Yeah, our our job is just to share to build each other up mm-hmm. to serve people. So you can contact me anytime. You can uh, yeah ask me or people whatever. I I always love to share. Okay, and hopefully that uh, through this. Uh, God bless our communication, our um, talking yep. this time, and that my His name be glorified. Indeed, and, Amen. Uh, we should get say goodbye to everyone. Yes, we Thank should. You. It's been a real talk. <laughs> Till next time. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Real Talk. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen or watch the show. If you want to send us your feedback, and we'd love to hear it, please email us at reformedrealtalk at gmail.com. If you want to find us online or social media, we've got a lot of great content there. Just search Reformed Real Talk and we should come right up. This show is created and produced by myself, Lucas Holtbluer, and Tyler Vanderwood. And our wonderful podcast manager who does all the editing is Mariah Tamiga. So we're really thankful for her contribution to the show as well. That's all for now, folks. Thanks for watching or listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.